0: Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, I'm Rohit from LifeSelfMastery.com and today I'm excited to have Tom built, who runs Smart Brand Marketing and WeMarket Online Courses. Tom has published more than 5,000 Kindle books. He's built an online course marketing business, owned a coffee shop, a retail shop, a record label, and released two albums with five hits on Top 10 Polish Radio. Uh, welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, you know, I, I wanted to uh, know about your journey. You've done a lot of different things. How, how did the entrepreneurial bug uh, happen to you?
1: Uh... It, it's hard to pinpoint where exactly it started. But I guess, you know, when I was little, like all the games that I kind of made up when I was very small, it was all to do with money and selling and buying. And I don't know, it was just something there. I, I've I've always, like, I just knew it in my backbone that I'm going to have a business. And it it was just like, you know, some people know they're going to have like some kind of a career or they have a skill. And this was, it was just something I've always had. I've never really thought about it. It wasn't like it was a choice. Uh, I felt like it was already scripted for me.
0: Awesome. So, uh, you know, you you paid into uh, you know publishing business and online courses. Um, so, uh, how did the the start in online marketing start for you?
1: Um, so, you know, when I had a coffee shop, um, I actually don't drink coffee, so I just bought it. Um, it was pretty big. It was like uh, the size of a Starbucks and a half. It was it was a big coffee shop and. Um, I had a partnership, uh, it wasn't working out, and I sold my share uh, of the of the coffee shop, and you know, I was sitting on some money, just bored, and I've found some stuff on the internet, you know, people building AdSense sites, and you know, the, the premise was that this guy that I was reading, uh, he would go to places like Walmart and Target, just look for different products, and then do some keyword research, and if it fit, he would just make a website about that product. So it was very basic and uh, sort of like a quick money play. But, you know, we built up around 100, 150 websites within a few months because um, I hired a team really quick. And soon thereafter, we had maybe four or 500 websites making pretty good money. And that was the first online business. You know, it was actually pretty easy, you know, uh, to to scale. Um, Not a long term business, uh, that one. But you know, once you learn how to make some money online, then you're just like, oh, okay. You know, now we, we just gotta figure out how to do it properly. Right. And,
0: and when did uh, when did you you know start uh, uh, to the coffee shop and the other businesses? Uh, did you did you work in a corporate job for some time, or uh, you know, just out of college you started working on these
1: things? Um, so my first business was around 16 years old. I had a, a record store with two older guys because I couldn't set up my own business at that time. So I ran that. Um, After that, I went to school for engineering. Um, I was always into music. I was DJing back around the record store too. So I did that. Then I moved from um, the college where I did the engineering degree to New York and I worked at record labels. Um, They were shutting down. So I started doing music on my own, Uh, created my own group and, and my own label. And at the same time, I wanted to practice selling. So I started getting corporate jobs and worked at maybe seven or eight of them, um, I think. Uh, so what I did was I would get hired, I'd get the training, um, I would hit my goals and quit and move to the next company, right? So I was a horrible sales guy for the company, but I was great at selling. <laughs> so I, I just kept on doing that till I figured, you know, I can sell anything at this point, And I moved back to my own business. So after that, that was the um, coffee shop, and I didn't actually enjoy that, so I moved into the online space. And it's been mostly online stuff since then. Got
0: it. And, uh, uh, you know, you've written, uh, you published more than 5,000 books. So, so have you written these books on your own? Or you've you got a couple of writers through which you've, uh, you know, published these books on, online?
1: So after the AdSense sites um, were going pretty strong, I knew how to rank things. Um, so I started my SEO business, okay. and with the SEO business back in those days, I think this was around uh, 2000, maybe 12 or 13. I'm I'm bad with dates, but around that time, mm-hmm. um, blog networks were really popular, right? So we would write blog articles and pay money, and people would post them on on their blogs, and there were big companies doing that. Mm-hmm. So at one point, we were doing maybe four or five hundred blog posts per month uh, for all the different websites, and they shut down. Um, Google pretty much killed them at one point. And I just had this team of writers that I was like, Oh, they're, you know, they're a great team. I don't want to let them go. And I heard about the Kindle business, you know, that was just starting back then. And I said, just guys, just write some books. Um, I'll look into it in a few months, see how you're doing and we'll see what's happening. Right. And, and they pretty much broke even within a few months. And after that, you know, we created a good system. We were pumping out probably a hundred books per month and the team, you know, made a lot of money for me. Wow. And are you still working on a publishing business? We actually closed it uh, last year. Okay. So we, we stopped actually working on it. Um, I found it to be distracting and not making as much uh, movement upwards as before. Like we would go, you know, 10X, 3X every year. And last year it was maybe like, Point three, you know, it was, it was getting lower and lower. So I just thought, you know, this is distracting us, and we can make a lot more money in, in the other businesses if we just focus on them, and they're more long term, right? So Amazon can't kill my uh, marketing courses business or anything like that. So we, we just focused last year a lot. Got it. And, and you know, how how did you market uh,
0: your Kindle uh, books? Uh, is there, do you have any strategy which you want to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, which can help them? So with the books, initially we did do a lot of uh, marketing. So we would, um, you know, post on Quora and and on LinkedIn and do paid ads and, you know, join the book clubs. But later we realized by just putting out a lot of books, Amazon will just do the heavy lifting for us. And sometimes what we would do is uh, we would do them in different niches and we would create different authors and we would join the authors. So it would be like a book by two different people that had, you know, a lot of books already and Amazon would lift those up even more. Plus we did, you know, the SEO stuff and the and the uh, descriptions and the titles. Um, but yeah, it was pretty basic. You know, it, it was a numbers game yep. basically, right? So the 80-20 rule, you know, 20% of the books made the most money. Yeah, um, But we realized it was actually cheaper for us to write another book than do marketing. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And um,
0: so so how did the trans- transition happen to, you know, uh, creating online
1: courses or, 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 or do you only market these courses? So the books um, were a system. You know, we designed the system. So I didn't actually work on them after that. They just pumped out every month and I didn't do anything. Um, that was pretty much the same thing with the SEO business. So I've been working on other stuff by myself since I have time, right. And then create my own team for different things. Um, you know, one of the things is we filmed a documentary, uh, called your own way out. Uh, that took like a year. Um, then I started, uh, creating courses for people then doing the marketing. Um, the marketing came from a partnerships with a Muay Thai champion. and, And he just asked me, can you help me create and market my course? And I was like, well, I haven't done the marketing part, but I'll try. That was maybe four or five years ago. And, you know, we hit that off. And after that, I did some other courses um, for some friends and, and, you know, got others working. And now, you know, we have a full stable of clients. Like we're pretty much booked up with that. So it was very organic, you know, like we've just worked on things and stuck with it and pivoted at some points. But, you know, it's been a lot of work. Um, The good thing is, you know, having systems with some of your businesses, it'll free you up to do other things. And I think that's key.
0: No, you're absolutely right. So, uh, you know, what do you think uh, makes a successful online course?
1: So the main thing with online courses is you need to have a transformation, right? So you, you need to take someone from point A to point B. For example, right now I'm a business Um, with no social presence and after 30 days I will teach you how to get your first thousand Instagram followers and maybe monetize them right and then then you got to put a value on that so that's the key point the second one um, which is tougher right is that positioning right because you can position something in in hundreds different ways right the same course and it's going to have a lot to do with the success. And the third one, which is even tougher than that, is moving the conversation you would have when you're selling to someone in person, moving that online. And that's where I'm seeing most people fail. So the way they would pitch someone face-to-face and the way they pitch someone online is completely different. Like they they often just call it in um, online. The landing pages and everything, they just don't take a person through a Actual conversation—it's just like a really poor attempt to sell. You know, it's that—that's very challenging. I'll—I'll I'll tell you that. That most of the clients I get, this is the number one problem that we have to solve: is how do we fix that funnel, that conversation, so it makes sense to a person that doesn't know you, um, that's getting dragged into your conversation. You know, how do we show them the problems, the pain points? How do we make them hurt a little bit more? How do we make them seem that you're the only person with your own method? that can solve these problems? What's the value of this problem being solved? Um, what are the testimonials and the social proof around that? Um, what are the objections? You know, So you can actually answer those on the sales page. How do we close this person? We gotta have a closing. You know, this, all of this stuff needs to be in the funnel, right? That every step of the way that you would do if you were prospecting even door to door or selling something and closing people, and following up, that all needs to be put online, and in a way that makes sense. And that's very difficult, but that's key.
0: Yeah, you know, Tommy really makes a lot of sense because you know, uh, if somebody is a good copywriter and who's just not trying to sell the course, but it's trying to have a conversation uh, with the user, uh, you know, that can that can lead to a, a good good amount of sales. So, um, so do, do you have any any suggestions on good copywriting courses or books? and, how, You know. Uh, w- you know, if somebody wants to uh, work on creating their own courses, w- w- what suggestion do you have for them?
1: Well, the the number one suggestion is, you know, you need to sell some individually before you try to create a funnel, right? So whether it's just through Facebook or Quora or LinkedIn or or to some friends, or you know, you got to figure out a way to sell a few in person, like and maybe through the phone or actually through email. Um, But have a conversation with someone so you figure out what this conversation looks like before you try to make a funnel out of it. Um, But when it comes to books, you know, there's one book that creates copywriters these days and it's called Breakthrough Copywriting. And what I found out is that recently, 90% of all the new copywriters that become copywriters, they just read that book. And you now they think they got the skills, right? So by just reading that book, you pretty much got that field covered. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a great copywriter, but most of the new guys are not. Um, but it gives you enough info where you're way ahead of the curve, right? So that's the only book I've noticed makes a huge difference in, in uh, people's careers fast. Oh, It's called it's called Breakthrough Copywriting, is it? Yep, that's
0: it. Okay, Conor. And, and what do you think works more, uh, video uh, courses or the other, you know, textual courses? Uh, because I've seen both the, both the variations.
1: It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. It, it's all about the transformation and, and putting a value on it. If, if you have a very short course, um, but someone can put like a $1,500 or $2,000 value on it fast, and you sell it for like 300 you know, that big of a discount, it's going to sell, you know, as long as you can um, make sure that the person actually makes that or, or has the transformation. it's an, It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. The length doesn't matter um, how you present it, as long as the value is in it, you know, and if they can get it out fast, that's, you know, that that's key. So even though The information is very important. I'll I'll share this with you, man. Just from my experience, 80% of the success is going to be the marketing. So just having, you know, those conversations, those sales conversations, and then moving all that stuff online and, and making it very, I guess, easy for a person to come in and buy and see no red flags on the way, right? Because, you know, anyone that's just pushing nonsense copy is putting up a lot of red flags. And someone's like, I don't trust this guy. There's something off. Yeah. So, you know, if you can get that part done, the actual information doesn't matter as much, um, but you should still give what you promised, you know, because that's, that's going to have a big impact on the word of mouth. Got
0: it. Makes, it makes sense. And, you know, uh, you know somebody who's, who's got a couple of uh, people paying, paying for the courses, uh, what suggestion would you have to market that online course so that they can scale it up and maybe, you know, uh, take it to the next
1: level? Well, once you do sell a couple of them, you know, then you then you create that funnel. Um, I think if you have a good budget, then you know you can go straight into Facebook ads um, or YouTube ads or Gmail or AdWords. It, it depends on on the funnel um, and, and just your topic. But I've seen some clients have success with uh, with different ways. You know, like I had I have a client that started making lead generational. Um, very short courses on Udemy, and then he would drive traffic from those um, into his Facebook group and that into his own uh, more expensive course. But what happened is that those Udemy courses are now making a quarter million dollars a year by oh, themselves, wow. right? Yeah. So we are creating his own platform. Um, it's going to be making about seven figures, but a side effect of that was you know, he's making a lot of money to just pay for everything else now Uh, another client he went the youtube route and he's driving all of his traffic from his youtube videos and making maybe like 10 to twelve thousand dollars a month now Um, but we are now about to turn on remarketing which i think is going to 10x um a part of that traffic so i think on overall might be like 4x but 10x a big piece of it because he's selling a couple different things and i think a small piece of that, um, if we just focus on it, it's going to go very, very high. But yeah, you know, there are webinars too. I know someone selling um, a $4,500 course on webinars oh. and he doesn't sell many, uh, but he doesn't need to. So last time we spent, I think it was $600 and he made around 25000 on that. So it's, it's a huge multiple, right? But it's, you know, it's very intensive too. He's, he's got to put a lot of effort into that. It's like an hour and a half, a very high level webinar, but yeah, there are different ways of selling it. It, A lot of this does depend on the niche, you know? So for some people, I would say, you know, getting affiliates might make more sense, right? So going on LinkedIn and and finding people in the fields that could resell the courses, they can 10 X it. Um, I know another person who went that route, but not through LinkedIn, just through making partnerships. And she was able to get Brian Tracy to promote her course and that, I think, 10x her business. So, many different ways to, to go about this, you know? Got it, and um,
0: you know, I want to talk about smart brand marketing and, and we market uh, online courses. Are they two different uh, platforms?
1: So smart brand marketing is where I sort of start everything. So that's like the umbrella. And all the other services and things are under it. So the SEO service, the marketing courses, whatever else I come up with is always under smart brand marketing. So I have helped people actually create uh, brands and rebrand themselves. Um, But I do mostly other services and you can find all of them just by going through that website. Um but I find like that's a good starting point, right? I've done that for a long time and and I just don't want to change. I'm too lazy. I think it would be too much work.
0: Got it. And and, and we market online courses, uh it's pretty self-explanatory. So you you help uh, others to promote their online courses. Uh is that uh, is, are you only focusing on online courses or any or any other information products?
1: No, we 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 niche down, we're very good at, at online courses and I think Sometimes it's really good to be great at something and yeah. it makes, you know, everything easier. Okay. So we, we've really focused on that. You know, we find that the agencies that do it all usually do a horrible job with online courses because it's so different than selling jump ropes or services. And, you know, we found a good niche. And, you know, just by doing only that, we're getting much, much better at it than anyone else.
0: Yeah, it totally
1: makes sense to focus
0: on on one particular uh, a Product and uh, you know on board and uh, focus on that and uh, you know uh, I uh, I just want to know uh, you know if you're willing to share the the revenue numbers for for your brand. So,
1: for January of this year, we're already at uh, mid five figures. Oh, very nice. Okay.
0: Okay, and and uh, you know if somebody wants uh, to to market the courses you know, what kind of services and uh, charges you, you charge?
1: It really depends. Um, they have to go on uh, wemarketonlinecourses.com and fill out a survey so I know what I'm working with. Okay. Then we get on a call. I do a little more research and I figure out what I can do, right? So it could be from just inexpensive coaching um, that could be like starting uh, at $800 or it could be doing it all and that could go into fifty sixty thousand dollars or more it, it just depends on, on the amount of work we have to do you know got it and how big is your team
0: uh, uh with uh, uh you know both the platforms we have 14 people got it um so you know uh before uh, uh before, you know before the chat, we were talking about that you're based out of Chiang Mai. Uh, So, you know, why, why, uh, why did you go to Chiang Mai? And why, why do you think Chiang Mai is a great place to start a business?
1: Why Chiang Mai? You know, Chiang Mai is where the old meets the new, you know, that's, that's what the city whispers to me. Um, We have a a big group here of people working online. So that always helps, you know, it's uh, the internet's great. Um, the stores have all the food that I want. The restaurants are decent. Uh, more coffee shops than in Paris. So a lot of people like that. I don't only really drink coffee, but there's a ton of those. We have the mountains around. Uh, an hour flight to the beaches. But um, it's, it's a good place, you know. We, I really enjoy it, at least for most of the year. You know, I still need to leave to Europe and the US to do some other stuff. But for the most part, it's nice. It's good living. Karan, and, and is
0: most of your team based out of Chiang Mai? No, they're in the States and in the Philippines. Oh, okay. And so, you know, how, how do you work with the remote team, uh, you know, uh, whom you're not, uh, you're not meeting regularly? Any, any suggestions on there?
1: So the way I've done it is I um, put managers in place, right? So for every five, six members, I have a manager and I only deal with the managers and they deal with the team. So it's a very easy setup. I'll speak with them maybe five ten minutes per day. And then they, um, they communicate everything else with the team. They do the hiring, firing. I have zero um, to do with any of that. And it makes my life easier. Got it. And,
0: uh, you know, you've you worked on a lot of uh, different sort of businesses. And, you know, how, how can one know which online business to work on? Because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a, a if somebody's working on a publishing or an e-commerce business, they spend an X amount of of time working on that, you know, like humans have this loss aversion sort of a, sort of a bias. So now how to, how to know, you know, which online business uh, to work for uh, work on for somebody who just, just starting out of college or or Um, who's just beginning out.
1: I think, you know, how much time or money you put in doesn't matter. You know, that's not a good indicator, you know, The first thing you need to start with is, you know, can you bring value and can you distribute? So what are you selling exactly and who you are selling it to? You need to figure those things out. Um, In the beginning, you won't know. So you need to wreck the shotgun. You need to do a lot of different things. And then as soon as something's working, you need to eliminate everything else. Even if that something's making some money, you know, you got to go all in on something, right? Because that's how you really grow a business Um, and eventually it's going to stop working. You're going to have to wreck the shotgun again, try a couple more things and then go in again. So it's, it's a cycle process, right? But, but the main thing people forget is the value and distribution. Um, And with a lot of businesses such as eBay or Amazon or even uh, Facebook, you got to think about control too. You know, you can't have someone else control a big part of your business and still think you're in business because they can put you out of business at any moment. So I would also think about control, right? Like what if Facebook does shut down or shuts down my account? Am I still okay? You know, so this is that whole distribution aspect of it. You know, you need to be in control. Like with Amazon, if you're selling FBA, and anything happens, you're out of business. You could be out of a lot of money, right? Because with, with the inventory, uh, most of my friends in FBA, you know, the inventory is in, in, in Amazon at a warehouse in the U.S. The other part of inventory is on a boat coming from China. Then a third part of the inventory is in a factory in China. So that's three times whatever you're selling. That's a huge amount of money. Um, yeah, I, I would think about the control too because a lot of the businesses I see people getting into – they're very short-term. They're not real businesses because there's zero control. Got it. Um, so, you know, uh, let's
0: quickly do the top three. So the top three questions I asked at the, to- at the, at the uh, end of the interview. So, so are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, so what's your favorite business book? Uh, at the moment, Shoe Dog. What an awesome book. Uh, and, you know, if you could go back in time when you started working on online businesses,
1: what is the one thing you would have focused on? One thing I would have focused on Um, when I first started out, I don't know. I don't think I would do anything differently. So just follow my interests. That's what I would have focused on. That's what I did. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm happy where I am. Got it. And
0: what's your favorite online tool? For example, Gmail, Slack, LinkedIn. Well,
1: I'll tell you what my not favorite tool is Skype. I hate that one. Always causing trouble. Uh, You know, I think Zoom is starting to become one of my favorite tools, the one we're using now to record this. You know, it seems like we can have four or five people on this tool and, and the conversation still working very well. We do that same thing on Skype because, you know, I do use these tools a lot um, and it's dropping out all the time. So I think, yeah, Zoom is one of my favorites right now.
0: Yeah, same here. And, uh, you know, what, what are the best way people can reach out to you and know more about, uh, uh, you know, we market online courses, brand and, and, and smart marketing. Uh, just marketing.
1: Yeah, just come to smart brand marketing. Um, there's a contact form. You can go into services and look over the case studies. And, you know, if you have a SEO problem or a course marketing problem, you can just follow, you know, the, the services part and just contact me through there. Very easy. Yeah. Plus, there's a podcast, a lot of info on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just come through. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Awesome. Uh, Don, thank you very
0: much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate speaking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.